Bisexual icon, wink, uh, and uh, former sand art visionary genius, I would say. Uh, are you declaring that yourself or did others say that about you? No, I just really used to love to do sand art and I feel like we don't do it anymore. What is sand art? Oh, it's that thing where you pour different colors of sand into a bottle. Yeah, anyone can do that. No. Yeah. No. You have to be like, you have to pick the colors and then you do the thing where you make it look like it's dripping. I don't know about the dripping part. Right, because you're not a visionary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is Just Between Us, a podcast about brutal honesty, female friendship, and completely unsolicited advice. How's it going? It's okay, so... <laughs> what? So, two nights ago, I couldn't sleep. Yeah. And, like, I really, and I, like, it was, like, very stressful and I, I was, like, up for a lot of the night and I had to like read and whatever. I have I've been doing that too. But then yesterday I started to panic that I would never sleep again. Sure, yeah. And I started to like have a full freak out that like I would never fall asleep again and that my whole life would just be me being awake and what would I do to pass the time? Sure. And um and so right before we were going to bed, I I had a I started to cry about it. <laughs> you cry <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on. You cried because you thought you would never sleep again. Yeah, and I said to my boyfriend, I was like, I, "What if I just, what if I just can never sleep again, and I'm awake forever?" What is this Black Mirror? That's what it felt like to me, and I was like, "I understand that what's happening is 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 objectively funny, but I'm also I feel out of control and so afraid." Well, if you don't sleep, though, you you'll start to like be very emotional and tantrumy and cry because you know we're all babies. I know, but I I'm normally like I don't have too many irrational fears other than being contaminated by like germs from a park bench sure but like i just like i kind of like lost control of myself and poor poor jake was just so calm and so nice and was like okay it's gonna be fine you know you can read if you can't sleep you can go and watch a show like you'll it'll be okay eventually you'll go to sleep (laughs) oh my god just like talk me back from the ledge as i'm like a 30 year old just like crying because i'm afraid i won't be able to fall asleep (laughs) oh my god well when you love sleep i love that's the thing i screamed that you love sleep yeah he had to tell me to use my inside voice at one point (laughs) i feel like um i have a lot of insomnia now too and I don't know what that's about. Probably that the world is burning around us. Yeah, well, you've always had trouble sleeping. I know. But I, uh, if you could, if you never slept again, I feel like in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'd be so productive. But you wouldn't. You would just like be laying there with your eyes open, so yeah, upset. My main fear was being bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm about to be so bored yeah, for yeah. so many hours. Yeah. So what your real fear is, is boredom. <laughs> Absolutely. That's always my fear. Well, Gemini. We have our sequel, Please Send Help, coming out July 16th. So uh, probably by the time this comes out, it's probably available. Oh, yeah. Anywhere books are sold. Pick it up. It's pretty good. Also, uh, we read the audiobook. Yes, you can listen so get to the, the audiobook. audiobook. You, can, um, you can read it in a real book. You can read it on your Kindle. You could read it if you feel like you'll never sleep again. Oh, perfect. <laughs> 
We have a wonderful episode this week because I got some rest last night. I slept through the whole night. You did? Oh, yeah. I had no problems. I did, too, but I took a weed gummy. Oh, I smoked so much before I went to bed last night because I was terrified. And I had this vape pen and I just like kept sucking on it. And then I was like, this doesn't do anything. And then I went and got a joint. Everything's fine. This week we're asking Kat Sadler some tough questions. And later we'll be talking about friendship breakups. Oh, uplifted. Yeah. I'm glad I'm, I'm well rested for that one. But first, hit it. International question. Washington. Nice. Washington not, the I don't know. Okay. I don't some some version of Washington. Great. Either the state or the um district of Columbia. Perfect. Alex from Washington, wherever that may be, says I've been dating this girl for almost two years since freshman year of college. Things are going fine, but in my mind, I know that we will not end up together, like married or whatever. Sure. Is it wrong of me to keep dating her, even though I know we won't last forever? I know that if I brought up the fact that we won't end up together, that she would fall apart and be very hurt. So I feel like I shouldn't. I would like to add that I am happy currently and would be sad if we weren't together. This is my nightmare. Yeah, I know why you picked this. Well, I had to pick a question no i know but this <laughs> is something that you like to talk about love to talk about expectations and being on the same page yeah so okay i mean alex you gotta tell her oh boy i okay the one thing working in alex's favor and is that they're so young they are very young they're, they're only th- juniors in college then. right but i still think that when you're junior in college you think you're a real person yeah, do you think that the girlfriend believes that Alex is, like, their partner for life? You know what I mean? Well, I think possibly because it said that she, she would, would fall, fall apart. apart and be very hurt. So the girlfriend the girlfriend is going about this as if they're going to get married. I would think so. Walk me through this because it's something I've never understood. Yeah. Why would you date someone long term if you don't want to marry them? Oh, because you enjoy spending time with people. But then, but but what's wrong? Like, you just know that you're just, like, not long-term compatible or what? Like, I don't understand. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, it's always been, like, what do I need right now or what's working right now? And you know in the relationship that you've been in for multiple years that it's wrong and you're not going to be with them forever and you stay in it. I'm not talking about six months, eight months. I'm talking about years. I don't think I've ever dated someone for year. No, that's not true. I mean, Gondelman, I wanted former guest Josh Gondelman. I wanted it to work out, but See, in that's my different. I wanted it to work out, but in my mind, I knew that it wouldn't, and I stayed for three years. So, <laughs> but I, but in my, but in my heart, I really, really wanted it. I thought maybe there was a way. Like I was deluding myself. That's a little myself. different. That's like yeah. Alex knows that it's not going to happen. Yeah. Look, everyone wants different things. Everyone has different plans and different timelines. I think what you have to do though is give your partner all the information, so that they yeah. that they can decide. You know, yeah. because who knows? Maybe this girl will be like, yeah, we're juniors in college. Like, who cares? Like, yeah, yeah whatever, you know, or she'll be upset at first. And then she'll realize, well, I want to stay with you for now. If she feels like you're wasting her time, you then know? it's her right to leave. But you can't stay with her under false pretenses. Yeah, the false pretenses is a problem. I don't necessarily think you have to date every person with with uh, a long term goal in mind or thinking that it's going to be something long term. But I think that if you know that it's not. You have to express that. Yeah, yeah. Because the other person, um, 
the other person needs to have all the information. I and needs to make an informed decision to stay or not stay. I know of a couple yeah. that has been together. It's got to be at least five years now, yeah. maybe more. And the guy says to his friends that he's not going to marry her. Yeah. And he doesn't break up with her. And she's in. got to be in like her almost mid-30s now. Yeah. And like she doesn't ask. Yeah. Ask your partners what their intentions are. And I know that it must, for her, come from a place of fear because she doesn't want to hear that she's wasted five years of her life on this guy who has no intention of marrying her. Yeah. Okay. But I take issue with wasting, with the word wasting. I know that this person wants to get married and have kids. Okay. And she's now entering the end of a young pregnancy. Sure. Not everyone views relationships as like, an end game for something or as like okay if it's you a- don't put a ring on my finger is i wish i'd never met you yeah no, no i'm I just know. kidding <laughs> i know that that's your i know that that's how you feel but like for a lot of people sometimes it's just like we're, we're it's not a waste that we're spending this time together or like you know right. it's like a i think <clears throat> i i guess i would say i in this particular situation i'm talking about it's a waste and that i think she thinks it's something that it's not yeah. That she is investing in this person thinking it's long term. Yeah. And also, how yucky to find out that your partner thinks of you that way. Him not expressing that to her, him saying it to his friends is fucked up. Oh, it's so fucked up. Don't say that to your friends. But also, okay, so I think the thing is, is like sometimes... So should the friends tell her? Oof, no. I know, but I wish that they could. So here, you're like a little drama witch. You like love drama. I just, no, I love to. You're I love sitting to in meddle. front of a cauldron, watching this shit happen, like fucking Snow White's evil stepmother, being like, "Yeah, drama witch." That's you. Um, no, I I understand the feeling of though, like that this person is perfectly great and perfectly wonderful, but you just don't see it being long term. But you you like them. Like, they haven't done anything wrong. But I always th- say that you can break up with someone even though they haven't done anything wrong. Absolutely. You can break up with someone for any reason at for any, any time. For any reason. Like, you don't have to be like, well, they haven't done anything wrong and they're perfectly pleasant. So I, there's no reason to break up. The reason to break up is you want to break up. But. Well, Alex doesn't want to break up, which is what's interesting. This is a thing my therapist said when I was breaking up with someone who I I liked a whole lot and thought was wonderful, but I, I knew there wasn't a future, right? Mm-hmm. My therapist said, don't break up with him. Just sit him down. Tell him your entire truth. Tell him you don't see it being long term. Tell him you these are the things that you don't um, feel are like good about the relationship. And then don't say any don't say anything. Then let him speak. I love that because it gives them some power. Yeah. And so it she doesn't was like, feel like the rug is completely pulled out from under them. It's yes. like they're making the decision to move forward or to go separate ways. Right. So she was like, don't don't make the decision for him. Give him all the information and then stop talking. And let and let him say how if he does he want to still be in the relationship? Does he not want to still be in the relationship? And then based on that, you can go from there. So I think obviously it's if you know it's gonna hurt her feelings, it will. But like I think you don't have to make a choice. I think make a choice together. Yes. Like sit down, give give her all of the information, and then and then don't and then just be like, now you speak. And I think that if you're thinking that it, telling her the truth will lead to a breakup, proves even more that you need to tell her. Yeah, because that even proves that she is under false assumptions. Yeah, because also it's it's sad if she's like not giving other people chances Mm -hmm. because she thinks that you are the one. And if you leave college without your future spouse, you're fucked. 
thousand. I'm just kidding. This is where God. I'm just joking. Are you? Yes. Okay. Because I I think we view relationships differently in the way that like again this situation notwithstanding, but I I don't know that I think of them as like an end game or like I I'm not sure if I'm in a place right now where I'm like okay it has to be here or else I think you're just saying that no but I I don't think I, that's your truth I was asking my sister I was like I'm 31 am I am I old am I like running out of time do I need to like lock something down and she was like no 31 is so young like you're fine I don't think it has anything to do with age I think it has to do with like what will enhance your life the most and I think you're getting to a point where like having a solid stable partner would like make your life better I just think it's 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 too narrow to just be in relationships that are because like life is so long and people are interesting and like I feel like I don't know. There's just something narrow about like, well, if we won't end up together, what's the point of being together? I think you can be together as long as it works. As long as it works, as if everybody knows. Yeah, if it's everybody not... knows. Yeah, but I think that if I may be so bold, I think that um, you're lying to yourself a little bit, and that no. like your goal, like you know what I mean, like you're kind of like changing what you want no, to like everybody, fit the situation. Every no, in this situation, everyone's got the same goal. Okay. It's true. but uh, right. And it's not this goal. It's not the goal of not ending up together. But I... What? The goal is to eventually be together. Okay. So I think like... Look, uh, right now Gabby's dating someone and I'm very cautious about it. And I don't feel good about it. And I have wow. said so. Wow. I'm on the record saying I think this is... I think you're walking into a disaster. Okay. Well, also, at least everybody, <laughs> at least everybody is saying is saying their piece, and nobody, you like, just it, Alex. Honesty is really important, and I think you can't keep things from people just because you think it'll hurt their feelings. Absolutely, which is why I just told you my truth. I mean, also, it could be a thing where you sit down and and you're right, and this person is like, oh, I don't think that we're getting married. Mm-hmm. You know, I doubt it, but maybe. But maybe. What happened in your conversation with your ex when you said that to him, to them? Uh, it was a guy. Uh, I said... I know who it was, but I was I trying know. to be mysterious. No, you're fine. <laughs> uh, it wa- I said that, and then he kind of was like, oh, okay, like, that's okay. Yeah, like, didn't really want to break up. Um, and that, to me, was a red flag. Because I was kind of like, I just said that I don't... I, I, I know that he felt I know that he was lying Mm -hmm. like he was like it's okay if we're together if it's okay for us to be together if you don't see it long term and I was like well I know that you do and he was like well I do and I was like okay then we can't like the conversation led to a place of me being like we then we can't like everyone said their truth and then I was like the truths don't line up and I was like so I think we can't be together because I don't personally feel good about a relationship where the power is one person sees it as long-term, the other person doesn't. Or where one person will change what they want just to keep the other person around. Yeah, like, I was like, well, that's not fair to you, buddy. And in my mind, I thought, I kept thinking, um, he could meet someone, he's so wonderful, mm-hmm. he could meet someone who really, like, fits with, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, the longer I stay with this person, the longer I'm keeping him from finding his, like, true partner. And and that's another thing to be wary of, Alex, is if this if your partner, if your girlfriend is like, oh, no, that's fine. And you can tell that they think they're just going to change your mind. Yeah. Or that they're going to wear okay. you down. Then you have to exit the relationship. I, I, I've i learned that you can't really take people at their word 
Although it is, I guess I feel bad because it does feel like infantilizing or condescending sometimes. But you can't really take people at their word because, because like they'll lie to keep you. Mm -hmm. And so you have to sort of either dig or you have to go, okay, well, this seems like you're lying. And it might not get resolved in that one conversation. So let's pretend that they say, oh, that's fine, no problem. And then you see them like acting out towards you or there's like aggression or they're pulling away or there's like something has shifted. Then you have to be aware of that and then you might need to leave. Yeah. I mean, I just think, um, you know, you had a great run. What? What a wonderful run. And also it's better to like you're happy together. It's better to break up on good terms like this than to have it run itself into the ground. Absolutely. Because maybe it's not right right now, but if you break up on good terms, it could be right in a few years. Don't say that to her, though. Don't say it to her, but I'm just <laughs> saying, you know what I mean? Like, Do not give her that false hope. I'm just saying. Alex, we wish you well. Let us know how the conversation goes. If you want to submit your international question, send it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. I guess this segment is now called Breakup. <laughs> Wasn't it always? I know. Stick around after the break for Tough Questions with Kat Sadler. Just between us. Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment known to all of podcasting. Tough Tough questions. questions. That's the first time I've done it with you. I know. Thanks for the backup track. Did you feel like, wow, she really cares. She's really getting into it. I felt like you stole my limelight. Oh, (laughs) I was trying to show you that I'm I'm part of it as well. I appreciate that. No, it actually felt powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Powers combined. Watch out. (laughs) Today, we have a very exciting guest. Very exciting. You might know her from E! You might also know her from a very famous walkout on E! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love the giggles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Kidding. I like the use of famous walkout, though. Well, I think it, 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 it was. It was famous. I, I mean, quitting is exciting, no matter what. But quitting with flair and with news coverage... Does it get better than that? Please welcome Kat Sattler. Aww, hello, thanks, guys. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Hi, hi, hi. That is the most memorable introduction <laughs> I may have ever had ever, ever you in my life. You have described it as a famous walkout. Never. <laughs> you no. should though. No. You know when you're super close to something, yeah. you 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 see it one way, right. and then the way everybody else sees it is a different way. But mm-hmm. okay, I like it. I'm gonna get a T-shirt that says that. <laughs> Famous walkout. Give us some background on on what happened. Yeah, I mean, sure. Um, Let's see. So I had been uh, at a TV network, E!, for about 12 years. And uh, in the last year that I was there, I was um, hosting a new show called Daily Pop. And I was still doing the E! News nightly show about three times a week. So um, I was working more, and I was on air more than I'd ever been in my whole career there. um, And just... One day, a female executive pulled me into a closed-door meeting and just said, I think you should know that you are severely underpaid. And I think that kind of came up because, you know, it was the last year of my contract, you know, and in TV speak, you know, it's I had like a four-year deal and mm-hmm. that was going to come up soon. Do you stay? Do you go? How much are you going to ask for this time? You know, negotiations were going to be imminent. And 
And she told me that I think maybe just, you know, knowledge is supposed to be power. She saw how much I was working. And it was just one of those, hey, you should know. And mm-hmm. I love that she did that. It's funny because, you know, even maybe just two years ago, I don't know that people were talking about this as much. Like, I felt like slightly like an idiot that I didn't know. It was kind of embarrassing, right? So it's a little embarrassing, a little infuriating. Um, it's a lot of feelings when someone mm-hmm. tells you that. And so then I just started the the process of, okay, so now that I know that, what do I do with it? And mm-hmm. so it was, I mean, to make a long story short, it was no, not like, tell us the long really? story. The yeah, long let's story. get it. Of course. <clears throat> Well, I had to kind of confirm what she said, right? So I had to kind of go out and gather more information. And is that true? Mm-hmm. And how much is he making? And so he, she was saying that in comparison to your male co-star. Yeah, yeah, and um, and and there are many shows, so it's not completely black and white. A lot of us were on different shows, mm-hmm. but in in regards to this one person, and I want to be very careful and delicate with what I say and and how I say it because he is a dear friend of mine, but. Um, it was that we were, we had been there the same amount of time. We were hired within the same year. We were kind of the, at this point, the male and female kind of at the network, very apples to apples as Mm -hmm. far as the way we were treated, the way we were positioned, the Mm -hmm, way we were promoted, you know, all of that stuff. It was kind of like, oh, I'm the TV husband, you're the TV wife. So for all intents and purposes, we were on the same page. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and by the way, when I found that out, I thought, Oh, this is great, too, because now, you know, I can ask for what I know I'm worth, and Mm -hmm. I think they'll do the right thing. And I really did think, okay, great. This is good Mm -hmm. to know going into negotiations. So it did not work like that. Um, What a shock. In America? Yeah. That's that's why. I mean, but also the idea is, too, like, that they were getting away with it, that they thought, like, well, she'll never know. So let's, I mean, salary transparency has been a huge thing now for, even for people in, in other industries, not just in entertainment, like the idea of everyone sort of posting their salary or talking about their salary. I don't think that was a thing. Not remotely. No. I mean, it was still, even just again, not quite two years ago, it was so taboo. That was Mm -hmm. not something we talked about. That was not something we asked about. That Mm -hmm. wasn't something I asked my agents about. I mean, there are three like big agencies that rep people like us that do what we do. And it never dawned on me. We're all repped by the same people. Like those just were the conversations you didn't have. You kind of just worried about yourself, right. got the most you could based on what you did and contributed and mm-hmm. experience and all those many variables that go into what one makes. But um, yeah, I really, I really thought that we would get there and we didn't not get there. We just didn't even come close. And so Um, there became a period in that, you know, the last, you know, two, three months that I was there, it was like, what am I going to do? Like, I have a decision to make Mm -hmm. because I told my team, I was like, if they don't get in the ballpark, I'm going to go. And my team couldn't believe it, by the way, mostly men, Mm -hmm. but they're like, are you really going to walk? Like, and you're going to walk? They couldn't, not that they couldn't believe that the, that the company wasn't getting close. They couldn't believe you were going to walk away. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, they supported me. Right. um, But it was funny after the fact, even, you know, somebody on my team was like, wow, you never wavered. You actually meant that. You actually (laughs) did that. Yeah. Knowing the stakes, you know, um, I couldn't have predicted, obviously timing is everything, that people would have responded or cared or noticed. I really, uh, and I'm jumping ahead, but ultimately, you know, I I did a lot of soul searching and I, I 
confide in a lot of mentors and I, I the writing was on the wall. I just mm-hmm. I I've been you know, it, it's different if you're just starting out maybe or you're new in the workforce or whatever. But I'd been at this for 20 years. Right, so I was yeah. like, I can't go to work every day. I can't fake the funk. I would not be serving the audience. I wouldn't be serving my team. I wouldn't be serving myself, most importantly. Yeah, um, you knew your value and yeah. you knew that they weren't recognizing no, that. Yeah, exactly. And that's really what it came down to. So, yes, it was scary. Yes, it was um, a very difficult time. Um, but then I just shared my my why mm-hmm. on my blog and I really thought it just might be a couple days of that and we'd all keep it moving. But I, what I never expected was the response. And then, you know, 10 days later, Time's Up was formed and all of the snowball of all of that. And then high profile people with a, a lot of reach getting behind me very unexpectedly. Like none of that I could have ever predicted. Well, I think people, it was the time where women were like, no. <laughs> this is fucked up and we're not yeah. taking this shit anymore mm-hmm. and like any example of it they're like you know I mean even with um, reshoots for uh, Michelle the Michelle Williams mm-hmm. thing where right. she was getting paid way less like everything kind of came together where there was this like massive anger of like no yeah. we're not taking this anymore and yeah. I think for men like who are always like how do I how do I support feminism how do I support women the way to do that is to tell women what you're making yes to like share you know share with your coworkers your salary so that they know if they're being underpaid yeah completely was there an element of like never asking about payment because you were like this is a dream job <sighs> that's a good question um yeah, I guess I never just thought about comparisons. Mm-hmm. I, I was so like one track mind. I'd been there so long. And I guess I was just looking at history and, you know, the evolution of, you know, your 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 money kind of growing over time. Right. I was just so in my lane. And I, I'm a mom of two kids. So I was just in this little bubble of how do I maximize, you know, this fiscally, but right. also loving what I do. So yes, I mean, there was a whole element of, and trust me, I I, I would believe, you know, part of why they didn't match my, my rate to his, because they know that there are so many girls online that would do the job for free, right? Like, I yeah. mean, it is a very competitive industry. There are, I mean, I would hear it on the daily, you know, I, that used to be a dream job for so many young girls right. who want to get into broadcasting. And so they're like, wait a minute, you know, I don't know what their actual thought process was, but it's like, oh, okay, she's not 25 anymore. She's got two kids. She's real lucky to have this dream job. And yeah. it was a dream job. I traveled the world. Mm-hmm. I covered the Olympics and royal weddings and, you know, red carpets in Brazil. I mean, I saw the world doing what I love to do, but I was also good at that. Right. Yeah. I was good at my job. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, oh, thanks. It was like, oh, we're going to keep doing this because you're you're good at what you right. do. Right. I had that's the not experience. an easy thing to do. Like, Thank you. Yeah. You know, like to travel and to like maintain grace and to like composure and-, and Oh, and to talk to people, talk the art to, of like, the interview. Yeah, absolutely. And live and scripted mm-hmm. and prompter and ad-libbed and point of view. I mean, there's a, a myriad of muscles one uses absolutely. doing right. that. And so it's just like this thing I think that's so dangerous with a lot of companies where they come at people and say, well, but there's a lot of people would feel blessed to even have this job. And it's like, it's still a job. You know, it's still like a, you can't, I feel like there's a lot of exploitation happening in that in industries that are probably seen as dream industries like fashion or even like when we were at BuzzFeed, very similar kind of thing where I felt like we could be replaced at any time. And they would say that. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It wasn't, I didn't feel it. It was said to my face. Yeah. Um, 
So it's tricky. It is tricky. We also had talked about this on the show too. This feeling of like not wanting to p- say something is sexism because you're like, I don't know, is that like, am I being, am I overreacting? Right. Like, was there any feeling of of that, or were you kind of like, wait a minute, no, because why are why are they being so resistant then? Yeah, I think it was mostly about, and that certainly came up. I mean, that came up because. You know, and I never said, by the way, I never said this network had a uh, a track record of doing this. It yeah. was my case and my singular story. Right. They're based on principle. Yeah. There are females who have been on air at E that were paid more than men on E on yeah. the same show. Different basket of fruit. You know, mm-hmm. these people had managing editor titles. They had been on the network five years prior. They yeah. had uh, licensing deals and huge, you know. Yeah, you weren't like, I should be paid what this woman no, is. You're like, that was this, never it. this apples to apples it's just, situation. It's apples to apples. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's where, in my instance, I completely believe it was based on gender. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even overtly in their minds. Oh, it but, never is. Right? They don't realize no. that that's what they're doing. Right. Yeah. It's this very underlying, mm-hmm. pervasive thing that happens over time in our culture where it's like, oh, he, but he was part of the club. He was the boys club and mm-hmm. he was the golden child and he is favored and for all these reasons. Mm-hmm. And how many times do we go in a room with people, again, men aren't the enemy. It's not that I I don't love them or respect them or whatever. It wasn't his fault. But how many times did I walk in the room and wait to speak until yeah. because they go first? You know, all of that cultural stuff that we've just been exposed to. And by the way, kind of, you know, you almost, again, there's an ownership part of that where you let that happen and you don't even realize it's happening all that time. So it was more like an awakening. I just was like, it was it was like, wow. I was just kind of in shock. And then when I went back to kind of dissect it all and all the years, it was like, I mean, there's no other way to say it. And and we as women um, have it harder. And that is just the bottom line. I loved working there. So I, I don't want to I, I don't want to ever come across like I'm too much in the rear view and I'm bad mouthing because I had such a wonderful experience there. But I did hear from other women after I left who had worked there who said, yeah, I could never get the promotion or I could never mm-hmm. get the raise. And it's just like and, and they witnessed so many men just getting there first. Yeah. And, and how many industries is that typical? Of course, that's yeah, how it exactly. goes. I don't care where you work. Uh, and I've heard so many stories since from women, again, and girls in all industries who are just like, yeah, it's like we just it, – it comes back to the seat at the table thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you think that that female um, uh, executive got in trouble for telling you? No, she's never been named and no one knows who she is. Good for oh, you. Good. <laughs> good. Did you have your kids while you were at E? No. That's the uh, the – I suppose irony, I was, um, I had done local news for 10 years before I got to E. And so I already had two kids. And my story, just in the fact that I kind of jumped to national television was that, you know, I was like pushing 30. I had two kids. I had my kids young. I was from the Midwest. I lived in Indiana. I had had a lot of entertainment reporting experience. Mm -hmm. I'd been to New York and LA. I'd done the job for about 10 years locally. Um, and then I just had one of those, the itch, you know, I want to go to Hollywood. Why not? Why not me? And I did have two kids at the time and it was a very unconventional kind of move by someone my age with two kids already living in Indiana. Um, (laughs) but I was like, I want to be on E. 
that was my thing. I just saw it and I was like, I've done this. I, I could do this. I could do it in my sleep. Why not me? And, mm-hmm. and it just so happened that I took a few meetings and they were casting a brand new show called The Daily Ten. I don't know if you guys remember oh, yeah. that. I do. You youngins. Um, but um, about three months after I declared that I wanted to try to get a job there, I got the job. But the funny part is, to answer your question, is, I mean, everyone that I auditioned with for that job was, you know, Young, single, thick boobs, blonde. It was very, mm-hmm. very much the prototype of the E personality at the time. And here I was not even living in L.A. with two kids. So Did I was, they know you had kids? Oh, yeah. And that's partially why they hired me. I mean, it was really? at the time when Angelina was having babies and Heidi Klum was having babies. And all of a sudden, celebrity was really embracing this mom Mother and working mom. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the demographic for that network was... 35, 40, stay-at-home moms in the Midwest, escapism. So I think they saw an opportunity in my relatability of being a mom right. and doing the interviews with a lot of the celeb moms. And Would you so, talk about your kids on air? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, I think it's good was- interviewing, too, if you have, like, someone who's a mom and, and like, a celebrity that's a mom and they want to talk about that or you're trying to get details of a pregnancy or whatever mm-hmm. to be like, I, I relate to you. Like, I'm also a mom. My kid did this or whatever. Yeah. And I think they saw that. I yeah. think they got that. I mm-hmm. think that was a play by them for sure. I mean, there were three of us on the show, so they wanted kind of uh, a real – the casting was intended to be, you know, one type, another type, you know how it goes, mm-hmm. to represent everybody. And so I think I represented that maybe Midwest mom vibe and so you don't give me a midwest vibe at all <laughs> well like when you thanks. said that i, I was mean, like no really I mean, <laughs> no uh, you have such cool tattoos uh thanks well i was always uh, my my friends tease me my closest friends are like you're miss america with an edge you know, that used to be my nickname because it depends on the day Allison, yeah you know yeah. we all have a it's variety of looks they get tattoos yeah. in indiana by the way <laughs> That is true. Well, so then when you left, what were you, were you like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do now? Well, not exactly because, um, and I I have spoken on a million panels since I left and I speak to this, this topic of wage disparity and inequality quite a lot. And I, the thing I tell a lot of women who come to these things is I certainly had a plan, right? Yeah. You don't jump ship, mm-hmm. especially when you're a single mom with two kids without an idea of what you're going to do. And so I had the best thing I ever did was on the side of working five days a week on TV. I I built my own brand. So mm-hmm. I had a digital presence. I have a website, thecatwalk.com. You know, I, I paid attention to what was happening, happening on Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because being the mom of two, I remember vividly I was always at the kind of forefront of that with even my team and my show. And I remember because we were TV sometimes, you know, or at least at the time tends to look down on like digital at the time was like the stepchild of television, right? Like it's not good enough or is important enough. And I kept saying, we need to get in the Snapchat game. I'm telling you, like we need to incorporate this into our show. We're talking about pop culture. And I remember them saying – Oh, that's for teenagers. And I was like, well, I'm just that content is is consumed. Yeah. I remember like identifying that early. And so I've always put a lot of time and interest into studying people younger than me and the trends younger than me, because mm-hmm. that's how quickly this business moves and media moves and the landscape's changing. So I spent a lot of time, you know, creating my website and doing a blog and, you know, learning that side of, you know, uh, media in general. And thank goodness I did because mm-hmm. then I had built that enough to mm-hmm. go, okay, well, 
and monetized it, by the way, uh, enough to know that if I didn't have a TV job in the short term, I could do that and mm-hmm. I would grow that. And I I had, um, you know, creative plans to redefine that a little and and, and grow it and mm-hmm. grow that audience. So I didn't know exactly what it would look like, but I had that in mind as the the new chapter in my life once I did leave. And then when it blew up, were you surprised to be like, oh, now I'm the face of the wage gap? Mm. <laughs> Do you think so? I don't I feel like it blew up so much. Like yeah. you, like you said you weren't scary. expecting it. Yeah, it was scary. And so it blew up so fast and then now you you're speaking on yeah. these panels, you're doing yeah. like presentations about wage disparity. I mean, yeah. were you like Oh, God, now I'm like a, a poster child for this. Yeah, I was. And it was mind blowing um, because I didn't ask for that. No, unexpected. And, and I didn't, you know, I, I didn't think like, oh, I'm going to set out on this huge crusade. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't that. It was kind of just to your point, like, well, here you go. We're putting you on the poster. And by the way, at that point, I was just like, great. I was like, yeah, Listen, I you a year ago being completely transparent prior to all of that happening to me. I didn't know when Equal Pay Day was. I didn't know when International <laughs> Women's Day was on the calendar. I I wasn't that. So I will never pretend that that was me before because it wasn't. Yeah, that that was your intention in any way. Right. I just, it, once, you know, people responded so strongly and from, again, just my followers on Instagram or whatnot or DMs or emails, it was like, please fight this fight for us. Mm-hmm. You have enough of a platform. You have enough reach Fight the fight. And that so, could even happen to someone that we view as being famous. Let's exactly, say. exactly. Oh my God, this could happen to anyone. So yes. yeah. So that then I felt an obligation. So then mm. last year of my life after leaving was really like, no matter what, I'm going to lean into this. I'm going to learn all I can. I'm going to speak as much as I can. I'm going to use my voice as much as I can. And and not on any high horse by any means, but the goal also after I left beyond just speaking to these issues of inequality was also just, I do want to have more meaning in my work. Mm-hmm. So this certainly gives me more meaning. I feel... I feel proud of, you know, some of the campaigns I've done or the work I've done or the conversations I've had for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like to say, and, you know, I am still many things. You know, I I, I still love fashion and beauty. I Mm -hmm. still love lipstick and stilettos. I still love, uh, you know, the last show I was on. I, you know, I like being a personality per se, like on any kind of show, (laughs) any kind of show, TV, but I now have my own podcast. So... I'm just dipping in into a lot of different things for the first time in my career because I am a free agent. And yeah, I, you know, yeah. I worked for corporations since the day I left college. Five days a week, guys, like for literally 20 years. So <laughs> bar one year, I shouldn't say literally, one year when I had my first son, I took a year off. But so I'm in this whole new season of life going, wait, I can build, I can curate, I can create. It can what? be yours. Yeah. I don't have to ask. This is amazing. Yeah. I don't have to ask permission of anybody. This mm-hmm. is on my own terms. Mind you, that's also comes with insecurity and, and it's mm-hmm. scary and you have bills to pay. And uh, like all of that has changed for me. I was one of those people every two weeks, you know, I got my check since right. I was 21. Yeah. For people listening, for the yes. fans listening, you always have to protect yourself. You always have to, you can't put all your eggs in the basket of a company because you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. And you didn't know that you were getting no. underpaid. And I'm like, so glad you're saying that. Yeah. It's so vitally important yeah. especially for young people who are you know the first how many ever years of their of, of it's their of, first job yeah mm-hmm. and it's you want to be the team player you mm-hmm. want to work weekends and nights you want to yes. be the standout star accomplishing everything but we are all 
disposable. Yes. And we are, we are, I mean, listen, they might like you they and they might appreciate you, mm-hmm. but it is a bottom line. It is business and mm-hmm. you are just as disposable as the next person. So keep that top of mind for sure. Act like a team player, but have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah, I think it's, I think you want them to think like, oh, I love this company. Sure. I die for this company. Yeah. And the moment something happens, you're like, okay, cool. I had this other plan anyway. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Don't That's- sell your soul. Don't yes. do it. I think when your people are starting their first job, they also let themselves be taken advantage of. Like there's a lot of like, well, I'm not going to negotiate my salary. I'm not going to. There's you know. a lot of this is what everyone gets. Yes. This is the contract everyone signs. Ugh. And it's probably not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to, especially if you're a marginalized person in any way, talk to the other women there talk to the other black people there talk to the other trans people there whatever it is and like just be like hey guys what's the deal mm-hmm. like what is what are you guys getting but also paid? What's talk happening? to the cis white men there yeah and to see what the reality is what the actual like top of the paycheck is yeah exactly and that is how men is. can be our allies back to your point about you know the, mm-hmm. the the good guys and there are plenty of them and so i th- i think they want to help i think they want to do something they don't know what to do and this right. is such a clear thing that they can yeah. do yeah yeah, yeah. Agreed. And then if also like, you know, if your coworker is sort of getting pushback, is there a way that you can that men can sort of pop in and be like, I agree with her. You should pay her more. And to your point about negotiating, I mean, that was something that um, I was so surprised to learn about. It's a little different, again, in my industry, because you don't even actually do your own mm-hmm. negotiating. So right. it is, it's kind of like you're on the outside. It's a, it's a whole other operation. Um, but but. I think the statistics are like 30% of women are even negotiating at all. So, yeah. I mean, that's <sighs> way too low. Yeah. Like, yeah. we, we're, we, again, we are inherently pleasers. And we're just, again, we come from this this thinking of we're lucky to have the job. Yeah. And then yeah. we're going to do the best job. You know, it's like that's just in our DNA. So I think we have to, sh- to shift that and not only negotiate. I mean, because... The guys are. Like, why wouldn't yeah. we be? And and by the way, like, of all the things you're negotiating that are important to you and, and wherever it is you decide to work, it's like, generally, tell me if we're wrong, fellas, but like, it's like, money's the first thing the guys talk about. Yeah. But mm-hmm. for us, it's like, oh, yeah. And by the way, how much? You right. know, we yeah. go to everything yes. else. And then and then you got to get to the, the discomfort of so talking sorry about to money. Ask, but what does this pay? Yeah. Why are you sorry to ask? Yeah. We got to like flip that and own it, negotiate. Yeah. But again, have done your research, find out what other people mm-hmm. are making again, to your mm-hmm. point, like, what's the going rate for this particular job with this much experience. And then another bit of advice I got that's really great for people is like role play negotiating. I think yeah. there's so much emotion that goes into it mm-hmm. and it is scary and you're maybe nervous. Mm-hmm. It just I think practice. there's this fear that if you ask, they'll be like, forget it. But no, yeah. like they're used to negotiating. You might not get what you want, but like if you don't ask, you don't get, as my father famously says. Yeah. And then <laughs> you set the tone. You set the exactly. tone for I'm going to I'm gonna be vocal and I'm going to continuously again, ask for what I deserve, or at least be communicating and declaring what I want here, you know, and that's okay. I'm Mm going to knock on the door of my supervisor and say, I want that promotion. And by the way, in six months, I would like to be here. And here's why you should put me here. Here are the records Mm -hmm. of my wins. Here Mm -hmm. are the records of my accomplishments. Here are why, you know, all of our clients like working with me, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Come with that. Come with that proof. So, you know, so that they see 
you know, and you're mm-hmm. showing them. When I was an assistant at a management company, I found out that uh, my friend who had started working like a couple months after me was making more per hour. And I just, I didn't even think this through. I was like, oh, they're making more than me. And I just like walked into my boss's office and I was like, well, I found out that Emma's making more than me. So I would like a raise. And, <laughs> and he was like, uh, Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I think he was just like so surprised, surprised that I asked. <laughs> wow. And funny enough, that money was sitting there ready for exactly. you. Exactly. Right. Oh, the but difference you... between $11 an hour and $12 an hour, like, you know, to the right. company who gives a fuck. Like, yeah. it's really interesting. But so sometimes I think it helps to like to just like think of it as in terms of fairness and just be like, well, that's not fair. So I shall address it. And by the way, if they say no, well, tell me the reasons why. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. you're entitled to know, okay, no, he's going to make this and I'm going to make Okay, well, why? Mm-hmm. Based on what? Would you like to play a game with us? I would love to. Wonderful. We're moving on to our next favorite segment, Hypotheticals. America's favorite game show. I'm going to give you some scenarios, and you're going to tell me what you would do in those scenarios, and then we'll argue about it. Here's the thing, is that I haven't seen them either, so I'm also playing with you or against you. We're not sure. Mm, mm, And um, they are insane, and you won't win. Okay, good. (laughs) Well, I I feel defeated already, and I am comfortable (laughs) in my loss. Okay, our first game. Would you stay with this cheater? Here's the scenario. During a magic show, your spouse of 14 years gets called on stage and is told to kiss the magician's assistant on the cheek to make sure they are real and not a robot. Riled by the crowd, your spouse kisses the magician's assistant on the lips with tongue for approximately 45 seconds as the crowd cheers. Would you stay with this cheater? Spouse? 14 years. Spouse of 14 years. I yeah, would. It doesn't stay. bother me that much. Yeah, you stay. It We're was a performance. It was a performance. It's fictional. With tongue? Magic eh. gets people riled. Yeah. <laughs> okay? You I, can't... They're fully erect. Yeah! Ooh, and everyone can tell. <laughs> okay, well, look. It's a, do they have a prior relationship with the magician's assistant? No, because guess what, guys? Was it a robot? It was a robot. Oh! <laughs> but they didn't know that at the time. Okay, here's the question. Yeah. So, uh, the ma- okay, <laughs> the magician just lets this go on. Oh yeah, the crowd is fucking loving it. They're like, "Take your pants off! Take your pants off! <laughs> we love the erection." <laughs> I love. Do you know this is factory making up? But as you go, she's like, "Yeah, they loved it." No, no yeah, this is all this fact. Is- no, 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 no. <laughs> she's making, she has a thing that she writes, but then if you ask more questions, she starts to try to defend herself with more and more insanity. I'm weird. I think after 14 years, that's kind of like an exciting night. I don't know. Yeah. It, might, it might like uh, incite some more fun at home in the bedroom. I'm right. not bothered luck, by it. Good luck finding your spouse. They go home with the robot. <laughs> <laughs> the ro- I would love it if it was like, now the robot lives with you guys. Yeah. It's a thruple with the robot. But they, they've been cut in half by the musician. So it's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> You're like, what, the robot's legs are in the kitchen. Yes. The robot's head is in the bedroom. Yeah. You're like all oh spending time God. with each half of the robot. It's, it does add some spice to your point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my wow. God. Okay. Our next game. Are you a terrible parent? Here's the scenario. Ooh, this is a good one. You catch your 10-year-old looking at degrading porn on the computer and instead of reprimanding them, you go, ooh, that looks good, and sit down to watch. 
This causes them to never watch porn again. Are you a terrible parent? <laughs> oh my. Oh my god. I don't even know what to say. That's funny because that actually would probably work. Oh, absolutely. like imagine if like you would be like, ew, and you would never want to look at it again because you would just think about your parent being like, cool. <laughs> I also think, though, that I'm imagining my 14-year-old son. I'm, like, pretending when he was 10 and if this actually happened. I think I would scar him for life if yeah. I did that. Like, so I, I think I'm a terrible parent. I think that's more scarring than a little porn. Oh, that's yeah. true because they would be in therapy for the rest of their like lives being like, I can't think about anything me. but my mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, that's I'm not, not okay. able to maintain a sexual relationship. <laughs> oh, my God. Like they just are totally – or it's the other way where they're like, I can only maintain a sexual relationship <gasps> if my mom is there. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so in that oh, scenario, God. not a terrible parent. No, you no. are a terrible <laughs> parent. Although I do think this would work like Absolutely. if you wanted them to never yeah. – but also like don't do that to your kid. Oh, yeah. God. Did you, uh, I don't know, what is your thoughts on porn with your kids? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Um, Well, it's funny you bring that up because, I mean, a lot of the conversations I have with people about raising teens, Mm. I mean, this comes up a lot because it's just such a different, different, you know. Uh, they're exposed to so mm-hmm. much so early, and I think they're really dangerous. I could be wrong. I'm not a scientist. I'm not an expert on the matter. But long-term effects of having this so readily available, desensitizing, you know, to sex in general, mm-hmm. and then yeah. a real actual human with flesh that's living and breathing comes up, and nobody knows what to do with it. And by the way, not that I want my 14-year-old to know yet really what to do with it, but but I think I think it skews reality for them. I also have heard through other parents that I discussed this with, like, porn is typically pretty uh, – What's the word? I mean, it's obviously very extreme sexual yeah, extreme. Uh, experiences. So I don't want my boys to think that's what sex looks like mm-hmm. or it has to look like or you have to do A, B, and C yeah. to make it interesting or pleasurable or memorable or fun or what about love and connection you know that's totally void from porn i think i don't watch enough to know but you gotta um, explain that it's like someone said it's like you can watch the fast and the furious movies but you know you don't drive like that (laughs) Mm, (laughs) that's good maybe you should go home and i don't know do this scenario (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i won't even tell you i don't even know if your listeners want to know this it's probably way tmi but oh there's no such thing as tmi on this show as my kids get older like it's it's and i i'm sure the moms of, of of teens like filming on this with boys anyway it's like you know the lotion always goes back yeah it's like moved yep. it's like i like witness like the movement of the lotion in yep. the house You're like, is, there a ghost? is there a ghost here i'm like that's so funny that Find was over there yesterday lotion. i know they have it but it's just always moving like it's under the bed today or it's by the toilet <laughs> tomorrow it's horrible. it's not horrible but it's like i i certainly yeah. notice oh, yeah god love uh, them god love them and now all the the guys that are listening to this are like Oh no, my They're mom knows too, much. Yeah. knows too much. We notice, kids. We notice. <laughs> they like make a mark for where their lotion should go every day so it never happens again. Oh my God. You use a ruler to make sure, sure. it's back By in the spot. inch, it's right in the right yeah. spot. Oh my God. Okay, our final game. What would happen if this was an episode of Seinfeld? How familiar are you with Seinfeld? Moderately. Okay, okay. Moderately. Well, that's disappointing. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Only because Gabby's also moderate. This is just for me. You go to meet an online match for your first date, and you are shocked to see they have brought their mother along since she is a good judge of character. Is this the same person from the porn episode before this? 
No. Okay. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, great. What would happen if this was an episode of Seinfeld and you're Elaine? Okay, if I was Elaine... That so a would... man has come with his mother yeah. for your first date. Uh, what would happen is is that it would, the mother would be someone who you had just uh, taken the last newspaper from the newspaper vestibule, and the woman had been like, I want the newspaper. And you're like, no, it's my newspaper. I got here first. So you take it. Then when you go to meet up with your date, turns out that old lady from the newspaper situation is his mother. But then she starts to tell him, oh, no, she's actually great, blah, blah, blah. And then it, and then the guy becomes obsessed with you, and then it turns out the mother was the son knows the son sucks, so he's her revenge is to make him want to marry you. That was really good. Wasn't Holy it? hell. <laughs> Yeah, I'll get in there with that clap. Written television. That was phenomenal. That was really good. Thank you. Thank you. Twists and turns. I ain't got nothing. Yeah, you shouldn't follow that up. It's never that easy with Mm -mm. Seinfeld. You know Mm -mm. what I mean? There's always another twist. Larry David, call me. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can our listeners find you? You know, I'm new to this podcast game, y'all. So I, I need, I want, I desire anyone listening to please subscribe to Naked with Kat Sadler. Um quite a different formula than your guys <laughs> like we 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 film tape i should say we tape in my bedroom uh we take something off every episode Whoa. my my whole um motivation for our conversations is to get a little raw a little revealing and for women to expose more of themselves than they normally would in an interview setting so i'm very proud of this podcast so far so check it out rate review do all that business mm-hmm. uh, it's a new episode every thursday on all podcast platforms and um gosh just check out my my website thecatwalk.com and follow me on instagram that's kind of the jam i mean i'm doing a whole lot of things but the podcast is my baby very exciting support women support, support women thank support you podcasts where people take clothes off what <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned after the break we'll be talking about friendship breakups wah, wah. yeah really uplifting sorry <laughs> Just between us, it's time for topics. X X X X X X. X, 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 X. Oh, you joined me. I joined you. Now we are double the power. Okay, so let's get real. Great. I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> oh, that's great. If you could just give me a long list of your grievances for the next half hour, that would be really great. Imagine if the topic was friendship breakups, and it was just so I can break up with you. Honestly, do it on air. Okay. No, I I want to stay together. Friend, I picked friendship breakups because I recently lost two very good friends. Yeah, I know. I was there. Things have been going pretty well for me overall, but this, I think, is the hardest thing that's happened to me this past year. Yeah, you've been very confused as to what to do about it. Yes. And how to handle it. Because, again, there's no rule book. Yeah. And also, it wasn't like, oh, there was like one huge blow up. No. I mean, there was ish. Ish. But it was so small. Right. That it's weird that it's become so big. It's very strange. But I think, like, it it has just festered in some way that has then, like, probably brought up issues that had always been there. Maybe? Yeah. So, I think that... So, 
because obviously every every trial and tribulation, you're like, okay, so like, what can I learn from this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for me, losing friends is super triggering because I really struggled to maintain friends in until my twenties. Yeah, yeah. So I like because of my poor behavior and my mental illness, I would constantly lose friends. I'd constantly push people away. I was really I I have like one friend left from childhood. Right. I, you know, and so for me, losing someone who I considered to be my best friend yeah uh was was sad and and also scary because it made me think oh god now I'm gonna lose all my friends well one I'm right here (laughs) I don't know who your best friend was but I'm right fucking here uh so wow what a way for me to find that out uh no that's happened twice now uh Uh, and two you're my sister you're a different level you're family okay I'm in a a new level I can't lose you I'm in a new level yeah but then like yeah, I, I, it's very weird when you assume someone's going to be around forever. forever. Yes. And then they're gone and you're like, okay, cool stranger who knows everything about me. And, and, Bye. and also it just makes you, I have already have like a b- abandonment issues yeah. from romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. And so now like I, I really had to like work in my head to be like, this does not mean other things. Yeah. Like, this yeah. just means that I'm losing this friendship and also one other friendship. Yeah. I lost a couple. So yeah, I, they're, they're dating. I, yeah, so. I lost a couple. But um, you lost them at sea. I lost them at you sea. You were in a boat and they just they <laughs> fell off the boat and you just kept driving. <laughs> Why was I driving at sea? You're driving the boat. Oh, got it. You're steering the boat? Oh, steer. You drive a boat. I don't know. Look, the point is... Don't go to sea with me. Don't don't get on a boat with Captain Raskin. But also, like, I think think it also happened very gradually for you. So, yeah. So with the main person, it happened... It was happened gradually. And then what was very confusing is that there were then talks about it. Yeah. And, like, in, in those talks... Like I was sort of like ready to be like, okay, fine. Like you don't have to be my friend anymore. And mm-hmm. they and they were like, no, we're gonna work on it. Okay. Only to then disappear. Yeah. So that was very confusing as well. Yeah. Because it wasn't like the like the last time I saw them in person was them being like, okay, we're gonna work through this. Yeah. And then cut to I've never seen I'll never see them again. <laughs> I don't know. Making sure that this isn't detrimental on my mental health. Yeah. I've had to again be like, this is an isolated incident with these people. I don't think this had anything to do with you. Then I'm like, am I not taking responsibility? No, because you have to think in your mind that I think you're actually. It's like it would be egotistical to think it was all about you. They clearly have their own stuff going on, and but they, don't you think it's got to be like at least like eighty twenty, where like some of the responsibility is on me? But I think that the reason why I'm not as devastated as I would think that I would be is because I don't really feel like it's my fault. Like in what's in what what did you do wrong? You know what I mean? If you walk through it. I got upset one time. Okay. And that was it. Right. Yeah. And you had been upset before. I like got upset that they weren't there for me about something. And then yeah. that blew up into like a huge thing and apparently I wasn't allowed to ever be upset. So now when you say it out loud <laughs> Yeah, but then again it's it's a spin, right? And so the other the other really huge thing is that I'm never gonna know why this happened. That's the thing, and that happens with regular breakups too. Yes. Is that you, sometimes you're just never gonna know what happened, and I have to be okay with that. Yeah, it's an and unsolved I, mystery. And my other friends like keep asking me what happened. Yeah, and I don't know what to tell them other than they just didn't want to be my friend anymore. Yeah, that's it. And like I, I'm sure that like obviously some owner there's ownership of that. Part of me thinks that like they started to pull away 
no, because I can't do this. Like, I can't yeah. try to figure it out. Because I can, I guess, I can give you my theory, but it's just that. It's just a theory. And I don't know what good that does. Yeah. It's, it's also a thing of when your friend starts dating someone. But then again, I feel like, oh, I'm just, I'm using this excuse and I'm not taking ownership. And, and you're not looking at what did I do wrong. Right. Okay. But because I also don't really fully understand what I did wrong to deserve what happened, I'm, like, trying now to make sure I don't make the same mistakes in my other friendships. But it's a little hard because I don't really know what mistake I made. Well, what are you trying to do differently? I guess I'm trying to just, like, um, be there for people more. But I was. I guess what I don't want to have happen is I don't want to feel like now I can never be upset with my friends. Because... Being scared that they'll leave if you say something? Yeah. Yeah. Um... But in a relationship, you wouldn't put up with that. You wouldn't put up with a relationship where every time you got mad, the person was like, I got to go. And also, I got mad once in five years. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's tough. It's also been, like, very interesting in that, like, there were days where I was like, I'm totally fine. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I mean, honestly, what helped hugely was that I started my relationship at the same time as all of this started going down yeah and so like i had a i have a person i have like a distract yeah i have a partner now i have like a safety net but what's really interesting is that he's never seen that friendship oh i know when i started dating my ex-girlfriend i had had a falling out with a girl who had been my best friend that i had been with like every day right and uh my ex, Ellen, had met her once. Right. And so yes, I was like, exactly the same. I said, you don't understand how important this person was to me. Like, if you were my if you were my girlfriend a year ago, you would have seen this girl every day. Oh, yes. And that's the same thing. Where, yeah. like, you know, and, like, me trying to, because it's obviously something you want to talk through, but, like, he has no context. Yeah. He doesn't understand what, first of all, none of us understand what happened, but also he doesn't understand, like, the true loss of it. Yeah. That, like, I was with this girl that that we had the falling out. I was with her. Every day. Right. And the fact that then it was like almost more heartbreaking because it highlighted the rift because I was like, uh, this girl that I thought was going to be like my best friend forever, one of my best friends forever, has met my girlfriend once. That's another thing. And I'm like, oh, so if I end up with my boyfriend, like they won't know him. Yes, exactly. That's so weird to me. It's really, really strange. Whereas like I thought that they would be like planning my bachelorette party. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I thought Mm -hmm. they'd be, like, making a speech at my wedding. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I went through my 30th birthday without hearing from them. Mm -hmm. They didn't, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas two years ago, they planned my 30th. They planned my birthday party. Right. So it's a lot to take in. And I think that another thing I'm really struggling with is to not think negatively about them. Yeah. Because it doesn't do any good. I don't, like, want to trash them in my head. I don't want to trash them to other people. You haven't, really. I've tried not to. Yeah. And also, I don't want to have to, like, lose all our memories. Yeah. That's the hardest part is, like, I want to, like, we've done so many things together and there's so many stories there and I want to still be able to, like, relish those stories and enjoy that time and I think that I have to just, like, look at that as a different person. And And maybe, maybe it'll come back around. My friends from college, we were not friends for a long time and then we've, like, like, reconciled in the last couple years. At this point, I'm not interested in that. Yeah, and I thought that too, but I mean, who, who knows yeah. how you'll feel feel in like five years? Yeah. Things can go around and change, and sometimes like people go through things that like, the reason that me and my college friends started being friends again is because one of them was getting a divorce. Like something t- big and terrible and traumatic happens, and people kind of are, lose all the petty resentments and just kind of like, 
go back to being together, you know? To me, it's not petty resentments. It's just I don't I I don't trust them anymore. Yeah. To you know, like it's like I uh, there's no foundation anymore. Yeah. I mean, I still think that though that there's like love there. You think if you got cancer, you wouldn't say anything? You would. I would, but I don't know if I got cancer if they would say anything. I think they would. I think like if something huge, you know what I mean? Like I think there's room for like if a big change happened, if something happens, like that there is care. Yeah, there's humanity there, but I don't see it ever going back to us being best friends again. Well, no, no. So that's so with this girl that I had the falling out with that was like one of my best friends, we're like friends again. Mm-hmm. But it is not what it was. Right. Like it is like it was like very, very uh entangled at one right. point. And then now uh, we'll like see each other once a month and hang out or like I'll invite her to stuff. But right. like it wasn't it, it's it's not what it was. Yeah. Um. So we're like so sometimes that's also weird because we're we're like back to being friends. But it is so different. It's very but isn't different. Isn't that just sad? That makes me like it, it like me flashing forward two years and us hanging out like one like every once in a while. That just makes me sad. It just feels uncomfortable. It does. It It does feel a little sad because we will catch up and talk about stuff and um i kind of just in my mind pretend like no this was always what it was <laughs> <laughs> that we were never that close yeah or just so that i don't know because just so that it's like not so weird but you know i think our lifestyles also there's been times where we'll talk and i'll be like our lives have diverged in such a way that we couldn't be what we were really like we have to be friends now in a way that is more casual because we couldn't what they're talking about and what they're up to and what they're doing is so different and I can't there's the roads aren't pe- traveling the same path mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. So you it's nice to every so often you stop at a gas station and you see each other, but you're on different roads. <laughs> Beautiful. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and I I think that like honestly in terms of like advice don't try to figure out what went wrong. Yeah. Like, because sometimes it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, my therapist was like, who knows? They could be holding on to something you said four years ago. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I'll literally just never know. And I can, like, beat myself up about it forever or I can just move on. Yeah. And a big thing I say to myself to keep me going is that, like, not everyone is meant to be in your life forever. People are in your life for a reason or a season. You can still treasure the amount of time you had together. Right? I can, right? Yes. Like, me and this girl, I, I think we had a lovely time together. I think it was, like, a great friendship. I... Do you still I, talk about stories and stuff? So that's what's hard. It, when yeah. we do hang out, to talk about things in the past when we were closer mm-hmm. is difficult. Yeah. And, like, she's designated certain people as her enemies that I don't feel are – that I've grown closer to over time that I don't feel are her enemies. Oh, interesting. And so – but in a, if we had – if we were still, like, tight – You'd have to pick a side. I would have to pick a side. And now I'm just kind of, like, floating in the ether where I'm like – I don't know. I'm friends with everyone. <laughs> like, I don't have time. Yeah. This is the way that our lives have diverged, too, is that I'm a little bit older, and I'm like, I don't have time uh, to be mad at so many people. <laughs> to be mad at people on other people's behalfs. I mean, right. if someone came up and punched you in the face, yeah, I would be mad at Thank them you. on your behalf. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. I think another hard part is, like, people's disbelief about it. Yeah. Like, no one believes me. Yeah. When I say that we're not friends anymore. Because it's surreal. It's surreal. It that's the happen, only way to describe it. That's what happened with this girl, too, is that it's so surreal. Because, mm-hmm. like, if I look back at photos from the last, like, five years, she's in all of them. Yeah. Like, it's very, very surreal. It, it felt for a while like someone died. Yes. 
And then also this person who was like a witness to a lot of things. Like I've seen multiple things I want to text them about and yeah. I don't. Mm-hmm. And I stop myself. Mm-hmm. And it feels like it's a breakup. It's a it's yeah. like a platonic breakup. I feel like the person they have issue with yeah. is no longer me. Yeah, that you've I, changed. I don't absolutely. think that they know me anymore. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because in the last year, they've been pulling away, and yes. I've changed a lot in the last year. You have. And yeah. I'm just not that person anymore. So yeah. I think that's another reason why I'm not as upset and as offended, because I feel like, oh, you you stop being friends with you're someone mad who does di- it. You're mad at a different person yeah. who yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I'm not as cra- – like, I just don't behave the way that I used to behave. Uh-huh. And so obviously they don't know that because they've been pulling away, and yeah. I don't know them anymore. Yeah. But I – I don't feel like fighting for it. Like, I hit a point where I didn't want to fight for it anymore. And at that point, I just let it go. Yeah. Because I yeah. don't think that you... I don't want to... I don't want to force someone to be my friend. No, I never want to I'm not do in that high either. school. Like, I don't need this person in my life if they don't want to be in my life. That's how I feel, too. But I'm not I letting to, it like, go. I I'm had not letting to, like, it go. tell my parents. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, you had to, like, come out with this news. And yeah. it's, like upsetting and like you don't want to talk about it forever like you yeah. know you don't want to have the same conversation with 15 different people about it i don't know i mean people it's almost like they don't realize you broke up like when someone comes up and is like how so and so and you're like we're not dating anymore right, exactly <laughs> like they're like oh did you see that this person did this thing and you're like we don't follow each other so right then you people know. are very uncomfortable. <laughs> they would almost be more uncomfortable. They would be less. I'd be un- more uncomfortable about friends not being yes, friends anymore. They would be less uncomfortable yeah. if it was just a regular breakup. Absolutely. But if you're like, we're not friends anymore, people are like, oh Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Like, oh my. Are you sure? Well, that can't be true. Well, what? Yeah. Well, oh boy. Well, what happened? And you're like, I don't fucking know what happened. <laughs> and that, in my case, it, you with, know what with my friend, I with my ex friend, I did know what happened. But it was it was a series of things. Yeah. And I went out with such dramatic flair. <laughs> right? I don't remember what you did. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, it's a long story. But basically, uh, a bunch of them, like, it was like a group of friends. And a bunch of them uh, went and hung out and, and hid it from me and didn't tell me. And we were all in a group chat. And when I found out that they had done this... Uh, and they had specifically made sure that I didn't know and didn't go to it. I I texted the group chat in all caps, message received, and then I left the group chat. And- oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you break up with friends. And then, and then the point is, Allison and I are both excellent people to be friends with and hang out with. <laughs> and anyone who doesn't want to do that is fucking wrong. Um, yeah. Yeah, right? I think I'd, yeah, I'd feel worse if I felt like it was my fault. It's not your fault. And so even though there's, like, so much sadness, you just have to sort of, like, start to heal from it. Yeah. Like, I already feel better about it than I used to. Yeah. And now it's just, like, a reality of my life that they're not my life anymore. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's – what is it? I guess guess this is growing up, as Blink-182 said. (laughs) I guess this is growing up, and we'll leave it with that. (laughs) Melissa, come on in and rate us. So what do we think? Hello. Hello. Hey, Melissa. <laughs> Producer Melissa in the house. Hello. Hi. I like you yelling, though, what do we think? <laughs> Without introducing her at Wait, all. Wait, I said Melissa, come on in here. Oh, okay. It was just like, sit down. What do we think? <laughs> I have trouble with pleasantries. I know. <laughs> I do, too. Um, I'm going to give it um, 
4.98 relationship breakups. Ooh. Wow. Okay. That encompasses so, like everything. Every in, kind of relationship. In this episode. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. true. Breaking up with your mom. Breaking up with your therapist. Breaking up with your trainer. All kinds oh. of breakups. Okay. But we didn't talk about that in this <laughs> no, episode. No, I know. I just mean like, you know, breakups of any kind. Uh-huh. Got it. Got I'm it, opening it. it to the floor. Okay. All right. <laughs> what do you rate it, Gabs? I, I rate it five out of five negotiating your salaries. Okay. I think if you are a got a four out of five, bring it up to a five out of five, baby. <laughs> if we teach you one thing, it's negotiate your salary. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I, you know what I loved about Kat? I loved that um, she wasn't trying to be the face of something. Mm-hmm. She was just telling her story. And then people, like, related to it and latched onto it so much because that's what happens when you tell the fucking truth. Yes. And then, and then she didn't go... When that happened, she didn't go, okay, well, I already know everything. Or she didn't try to, like, center herself. She she was like, oh, you're right. I didn't know about this. I wasn't informed on this stuff. And then she, like, learned everything and, like, learned what the, the – she learned what she was a part of, what she was a victim of. Mm-hmm. And then she became an advocate on the other side of it. And, and learned, I, learned the language and learned how yeah, to talk about it. Knew – like, all of a sudden, like, knew what these things were because it had happened to her, which I think is – like an awakening that a lot of people go through where they're like, no, I don't think this is a thing. I don't think this is a thing. Oh, no, wait, it's actually happening. To me right to now. To me. Okay, now like let me let me come out the other side and like use my platform to be a voice or whatever. Because mm-hmm. you don't always start perfect is what I'm trying to say. Nobody starts perfect. Mm. Speak for yourself. Oh, wow. <laughs> Melissa was born perfect and she shall be perfect. <laughs> What did so, you learn? Yeah. I I um I have like experienced this um when like negotiating salaries and mm-hmm. things or rates for jo- or jo- for jobs and stuff and my manager um like really has she's like an advocate for making sure that I get what I deserve oh, that's right. great. on on any job that I'm on and she like fights she's like no cuz at first I was like yeah that sounds good and she's like no <laughs> yeah that's great you need to get what you deserve so it's also wonderful when you have other people fighting for yes. you I know <laughs> are you, you don't have to do the dir- dirty work yourself are you often lowballed um I, yes. Yes. Yeah. Everyone is. Yeah. Yeah, but I think Especially specifically. Especially in freelance life, I feel like people are get lowballed all the time. Yeah, but I feel like specifically for women or black women or Latinx women, yeah. it's like, it's like lowball, lowball, lowball. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing like <laughs> layers. lower ball. Layers, like layers with my hand, mm-hmm. basically. And then they expect you to, like Kat said, they expect you to just be like, thank you for the opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, not thank you for the opportunity. Pay me. Pay me. Funniest part? Um, cat talking about porn. Yeah, probably was incredible. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, it. I like. I really like that part because it wasn't just funny. It was informative as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she had a lot of thoughts on it, and I like that. It was hilarious. Uh, the lotion moving was my favorite <laughs> oh part my of the God. entire episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Uh, and then uh, I want to give myself a kudos for how great at writing Seinfeld episodes I am. Oh, that was incredible. That was very good. I and I haven't even watched that much Seinfeld. Now you don't need to. You know what will happen. I've written every episode in my head. You should watch the first five minutes of every Seinfeld and see if you can predict what's going to happen. What about you? Uh, I rate it seven out of seven lotions. (laughs) 
stay moisturized. <laughs> stay moisturized. <laughs> Thank you so much to Kat Sadler for being our guest. Just Between Us is hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Our engineer is Brendan Burns. He also composed our theme music. Our producer is Melissa D. Motz, and our supervising producer is Josephine Martirana. Our executive producer is Chris Bannon. Just Between Us is a production of Stitcher. Stay wet, stay moisturized, yeah. baby. Keep your skin glowing and slick. We gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> The mob, the mafia, the syndicate, the family. Once you're in, you're in, you can't get out. What we know about the mafia, it's all about the guys. But there's another side of the mob in the 20th century, and it's just as dangerous, but in a totally different way. Especially if you're a gay man, a drag queen, or a woman. We're talking about the underworld of New York City's very first drag clubs and the woman. That's right. A woman who ran them. A woman named Anna Genovese. Anna was the goddess. She's a tough old bird. Who was this mob queen with the insight and ability to write her own ticket in a man's world? That's what we want to know. Who is Anna Genovese? Mob Queens is out now. You can listen on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.